over in Second Peter, start about the fifth verse. Let's go to the fourth verse. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them unto chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. So God didn't spare the angels. The Bible said that he cast them down to hell. And why in the world do we think today that we can continue in sin? The Bible said in Romans, God forbid that we continue in sin. And we'll make excuses, oh, it's the flesh, and I'm just in the flesh, and God understands, but I'm going to tell you something. On the cross, Jesus made a way for us to escape sin. Amen? We don't have to live in sin. And if these angels that were created beings that were there in heaven with Almighty God sinned and was cast out, and the Bible said into eternal hell, honey, glory to God, how about us today? I want us to think about it. And he spared not the fifth verse, and he spared not the old world, but he saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, being in the flood upon the world on the world of ungodliness. Bought the flood on the world of ungodliness. And I thought about there, he spared not the angels, and I thought about Noah there in the flood, and all the people that kept eating and drinking and doing all the things that they wanted to do, and only eight people were saved uh, before the, the flood come, and it was total destruction. And I want us to uh, think about these numbers, honey. Uh, glory to God. We don't know. I don't know. The Bible don't say how many people was there before the flood, honey, but there was only eight people that were spared. The Word of God said there'll be few that enter in. The straight in our path, and He said there'll be only few that enter in. And Larry read it this morning, and uh, we love it there in Peter, and it said, If the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the uh, ungodly and the sinner appear? So that tells us today, honey, the ungodly and the sinner. I'm going to tell you there's some ungodly church people uh, uh, that got their name on the church book, and their name has never been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Uh, uh, you can't treat people like dogs. You can't talk about people and beat people down. Down. You can't fall out of love with people uh, if you are a child of God, honey. If you're where God wants you to be, you have to have a forgiving heart. Uh, you have to forgive and be forgiven. Uh, and we get back up and go on for the glory of God uh, that we might see somebody saved, see uh, the power of God fall upon our churches again. Amen. And we want to blame everybody else. And we look at ourselves and say, look what I'm doing and how I'm making things happen, uh, honey. Glory to God, we need to come back as one. Not no big eyes and little ewes, but we need to come back as one and let God have the rule. Let God be the head and take man out of the picture, honey, and let God be the head and the rule of the church and things will be different. And he jumped down to the sixth verse and he said, and, and turning the city of, of Sodom and Gomorrah unto ashes, condemning them that with an overflow, making them an example unto those that afterward 
should live ungodly. So he said he made Sodom and Gomorrah an example. He's already made the angels an example, and he's already made Noah's crowd an example. Amen. And he come down to Lot there, and we can read in the Word of God, probably in the 13th chapter of Genesis, uh, we can read there where he, uh, Abraham went down and he pled the case. He said, if we find 50 righteous men, uh, would you spare Sodom and Gomorrah? And God finally answered back. And he said, if you find 45, and he come on down to 40, and he come right on down, he said, if you can even find at the end of it, he said, if you can find 10 righteous men, I'll spare Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham done everything that he could do. Can I tell you something? Noah done everything that he could do. God done everything that he could do for the angels, and they wouldn't listen. God, and they, he sent old Noah down to preach 120 years, built the whole ark glory to God and they'd never seen it rain and they didn't believe it was going to happen I'm going to tell you something that's living like the devil in hell itself down in Sodom and Gomorrah amen and they didn't think it was going to happen they were having fun they were walking where they wanted to walk glory to God and they couldn't find ten righteous men and if you look and study a little history on that Sodom and Gomorrah and all the cities around I just thought there at one time maybe Sodom and Gomorrah was all that was destroyed but all the cities that were even close to those cities that were tied into those cities uh, amen were burned up with, with fire and brimstone uh, from on high but God gave them choice and God gave them space to repent and mankind said I don't believe it glory to God we think about let me read another verse and delivered in the seventh verse and delivered just lot vexed with a filthy conversation of the wicked. We remember there in the Bible, and I won't get all this exactly like it says it, but we remember there in the Bible, amen, where the herdman of Lot, and Lot was uh, the nephew of Abraham, and where the herdman of Lot and, and Abraham, and they were rich people. And the Bible said Lot was a righteous man, just as plain as the nose on our face. And they were rich people, and their herdmen, they wasn't really falling out, but their herdmen began uh, to have a difference there in Genesis uh, because their flock, they wasn't room to feed all the flocks. They had grown so much. I want us to think about it today. Sometimes we grow so much, honey, that we uh, uh, forget, glory to God, where we come from. Sometimes we grow so much and get so big, amen, and there comes a difference between us, amen, and we begin to break down in church and we begin to wonder uh, what is going on and as the sister testified uh, this week that she felt like everybody was against her, nobody cared, amen, that somebody don't like you, and this same thing was happening there between the herdsmen. So Abraham said, I'll go to the right and you to the left, or if you want to go to the left, I'll go to the right. I'll go in either direction, whichever you don't want to take, I'll take that place. I'll go and we'll separate and there won't be no problem. And Abraham cared enough about Lot. His name was Abram at that time. He cared enough about Lot till he prayed. And Ab Lot looked down there and he saw uh, all the plain and the flat land. He must have been just a little lazy person, but the Bible said he was a righteous man. And he looked down there and it looked so easy, so he headed down uh, to Jordan. Amen. And too many times today, honey, it looks so easy down toward Jordan 
you. So we just go down. I worry it's so easy and we sit down there. I just read to you in the sixth verse, glory to God. He said his soul was vexed with the conversation of the wicked. Can I tell you something today? Some of the places that us Christians are going in today, it's vexing our soul. It's stopping us from having the power of God. We're going to relax the flesh. We're going to stay and satisfy the flesh and do what the flesh wants. And it's vexed our soul. Can I tell you something today? We've laid out of church when we should have been in church. We spent our tithes, glory to God, when it should have been given to the church. When it should have helped our young people. It should have lifted up the people that are discouraged and those that are down. Honey, let me tell you something today. I'm going to tell you why so many preachers are out of heart and discouraged. Their soul has been vexed with the conversation of the church, of the conversation of the people that call themselves Christians. They've been beat down and thrashed down. I have no education, but I'm saved by the marvelous grace of God. Amen. And I don't intend to be beat down. Bless God, I believe that God saved my soul. He called me to preach, and I rebuke the name of Jesus. Amen. The name of the devil in the name of Jesus. Glory to God that Satan can't vex my soul. And how am I going to keep my soul from being vexed? Keep my nose out of the congregation of the wicked. Don't go lay around with the sodomites. I don't go around and lay around with the nakedness of this world. I don't lay around the beer joints and the hell holes and the crap shooting and the gambling places and the things and the lines and the things that's going on in our land today. I'm going to tell you the simple conversation vexed the very soul of Lot. That's what the Word of God said. That's what the Word of God said. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. If I listened to all that wanted to beat me down, oh, I'd have quit a long time ago. If I quit every time you got your feelings hurt, I'd have quit a long time ago. Mm. And he said he turned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah unto ashes, condemning them with an overflow, making them an example unto those that afterwards should live ungodly. Can I tell you what's wrong today? Uh, we don't take anything as ungodly. Amen. Hey, I'm missing it. God blessed me Wednesday night. For didn't nobody else get blessed. God blessed me Wednesday night. I was in pain. I couldn't hardly think of my name. But God blessed me. Hallelujah. I praise His holy name. He can take care of you. Listen to what happened this week. And I ain't going to try to knock you down or beat you down, but everywhere I turned, I got bad news. And I had a blood, blood clot. And couldn't get my hip operated on and all this. But I'm going to tell you, God sent a Moses. I got a call out of Georgia. A man, I ain't seen him. I don't even know how many years. And he called on my phone and just left it on the answer machine. And he said, we were just, I was testifying of coming by your church and how God blessed us, your church, and blessed me, and I got a blessing. Said, we was talking and testifying. And he said, I just wanted to call you and let you know. Said, me and that family, that we're together and we're praying for you. They didn't know I was up here sick and discouraged and out of heart. Amen. They didn't know we was going to have a revival. They didn't know. And about that time, glory to God, and I believe it was the same day I got a call out of Cana, Virginia. Man, I ain't even talking. 
talk to and I don't know when, I ain't got a phone call from, amen, and the next thing I know, you know what, and these people that hadn't called me, I got a call out of Galax, Virginia, amen, said, I just called, just called, thought I'd pray for you, are you all right, just thought I'd call and pray for you, I'm going to tell you, it pays to serve God, come to church much and they's having revival. I sat down back there just in total pain, sat back there and tried my best to hear the word of God, turn right and go straight, amen. Get on the right side, amen. I was trying to get on the right side and the next thing I know, there was a whole church full of people up there in my woods, my driveway's full, amen, and the little young ones hanging around my legs, amen, uh, praying for me and the fire of God come right down through the bushes uh, and the sister testify glory to God. I've got back on my feet. I ain't going to be beat down by Satan. I'm going to walk for the glory of God. Amen. And then they say back down and hush because somebody don't like you. There's still power in the blood. Glory to God. There's still a hell to shun. And I want to be in that number. Amen. I make it into the glory of God. Jesus is soon coming back after his children. And he's coming after those that are looking for him. Not those that have quit and not those that have bowed down and not those that have mocked but those that are looking for him I'm glad there's still fire in the blood church and the Lord don't back up on us he just keeps blessing us he just keeps taking care of us he just keeps feeding us how big is our God today can I tell you something he's never left us he's never forsaken us he fed us spiritually. He's fed us bread. He's given us drink. Amen. He's put a roof over our head. Clothes on our back. Glory to God. Why should I grumble today and give up on what God has done for me? Oh, glory be unto God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your holy name. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something, children. Hey man, if you think it don't mean something to you, and one of them little young ones runs up, little sticky fingers, and they just about stick to your britches. Hey man, well, they've had a piece of candy, and they, they look up at you, them little eyes. I love you. Amen. Amen. If they don't say a word, I'm going to tell you, it makes my blood boil. Amen. 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 There ain't nothing out there to make you feel like the Spirit of God. There ain't nothing out there. Make you feel like the Spirit of God. Oh, praise His holy name. <laughs> I remember a fellow come here at church one time. I knew all was reasons. I ain't dumb. I knew all was reasons. He said, you need to slow down, pushy Bill. He said, your face gets so red, I'm afraid you're going to have a stroke. He wasn't more worried about me than he was that cat out there on the road. <laughs> he wasn't handling the Word of God. Next thing you know, he's mad at me. I seen him over at Dobson in the cafe. And I stuck my hand out, shake hands with him, and he turned and walked off. <laughs> he wasn't worried about me dying preaching. He's afraid I was going to keep preaching. He's afraid I was going to keep preaching. So that's how it is today. They're out there. Lot's soul was vexed with the conversation of the wicked. Eight verse. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing he I probably preached this I don't know but I got this on my mind this week's 
vexing your soul, and I couldn't get it off. Dwelling among them in sin and hearing vexed his righteous soul. So listen, some of our music we listen to will vex your soul. Some of the conversations and the jokes. I've told some people face to face, I just don't care to hear your preacher jokes. I've heard enough of your preacher jokes. I'd rather you just tell me how great God is and let the rest go. I don't need to laugh about the preachers that's messed up and the preachers that's failed and all the little problems that's been in churches and, the, and with the preachers. I don't need that. I don't need the little jokes. Bless God, I need the power of God. We'll let that vex our soul. Let me give you a definition for vexed. It, it touched my heart, and this ain't all of them, but the, the definition of vexed is to be troubled. Can I tell you, in, when death comes, how about it, sis? When death comes to your house, it vexes your soul. We know it's going to happen. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. It vexes our soul. And it breaks our heart when, one, when it's diagnosed and said, if you don't do your dialysis, you're going to die. Stood and talked to that girl when I come out of the doctor's office down there this week, and, and, and tears run down her cheeks. She said, do you remember me? I said, why, yes, I remember you. She said, Mama just took a burden off of my daddy's heart. She said, she's going to quit dialysis. She's not going to do it anymore. And, and she was having dementia and some different problems. And he said, they took, they took, Mama took this burden off of me and Daddy. So God will touch. You know, that was vexing their soul because the decision was going to be made. I've stayed in the hospital where they were going to unhook the tube in Winston with the families I didn't know. But their soul was vexed because they didn't want to make the decision. They didn't know. And that's what Satan's about, honey, to vex your soul. Well, can I tell you something? The Bible said Lot was a righteous man. Amen. But he chose the, the plains and he chose the good life. Can I tell you something? He went to satisfy the flesh. The Bible don't say all of that. But he went down and Abraham ended up back in Cana in the mountain land. He ended up back in the, in the land that wasn't as easy to tend, where it wasn't as much water, where it wasn't as much taken care of. But Abraham wasn't, he wasn't a, a selfish man. He said, I'll go to the left and you to the right, or you to the right and me to the left. I, it don't make no difference to me. What Abraham was going to do is serve God. So Lot was just like so many of us. I believe I'll take the easy road. I'm going to tell you the easy road don't always work out. The road that you would like to take and the flesh sees is so pretty, it wouldn't always like to work out. I've thought about it, buying cars or houses or many things, changing jobs. It looks like everybody's got it made on their job till you get over there and it's a job, amen. Every job I've ever went to was a job, amen. It wasn't what it looked like from the outside. I remember a school teacher, I was laying 12-inch block, and, and she come out there, and I won't never forget it. She said, that looks so easy. I believe I can do that. She said, I don't believe it's nothing to lay in block, you know. That's just how everybody is. Yeah. And I said, ma'am, it's so easy. I handed her a trial and fixed her a mud board. I said, you go ahead and lay till I get back. I'm going to lunch. <laughs> well, I'm telling you the truth. That's what I handed it to her. Me and Ivan Goodson was laying foundation. We just took off to lunch. I come back, my mud was set up, my trial was there, and the teacher wasn't there. The teacher wasn't there. When you're good at your job, it looks so easy. Yeah, I ain't never been good at nothing. Amen, but you jump in there and try. Mm. I, thought, I thought my Janet, she can jump in and just like that right there, 
She's got ground steak just ready to go on the plate. I thought, I can go in there to cut a tomato and spread a little mayonnaise. It takes me four to five minutes. Yeah. That just ain't my calling. Just ain't my calling. But think about it. It looks like everything's so easy. They'll say, well, preacher said yours just falls out of the sky. There ain't nothing to it. It just falls out of the sky. And can I tell you something? There's thousands of things out there that can vex your soul. Amen. That can stop you from serving God. It's like a black cloud or a shadow that just comes down over you and you don't cry. These girls are talking about anxiety. Anxiety is straight out of hell, youngins. Amen. It's a black cloud that comes down. Depression is straight out of hell. And we got to fight it with everything in us. And the only way you can fight it is with the Lord Jesus Christ. I understand it. Pain is straight out of hell. I've got to fight it with everything in me. Amen. But that old black cloud of vexation will come down over you. The conversation that you go. And so many will give you bad news. This can't happen. You can't do this and all of this stuff. They Just to break you down. He told me, he said, blood clot. He said, I can't touch your hip. And you all know how my hip's been hurting. He said, I can't touch your hip for six months. Duh, what can you do? It's all in the will of God. I don't know what God's got down the road six months. I may have a glorified hip in heaven in six months. I don't need to get discouraged and down. God will take care of it. I need to stay up and shout. Church, don't let me get down. Hey, don't fool around and sin, amen, and vex your preacher's soul. Amen. Y'all ain't going to like this, but let me give it to you. Mm. When you don't live right, you vex my soul. Because I love you. I care about you. I care about where you're going to spend eternity. I care about your example you are to your family. Butch, I'm going to keep wearing my belt, said praise the Lord. If they don't like it, I'm going to do that anyhow. I ain't going to change my mind. If they don't want to talk to me, it don't matter. I'll talk to somebody that will. If they don't want to talk about Jesus, they don't want to talk no how. Because I don't know nothing about fishing and plugs, bass fishing. I don't know nothing about that. I've done got too old to learn, honey. <laughs> Amen. Just a stiff no, had to sell a motorcycle. I ain't even interested in a motorcycle anymore. I can't ride it. What good's a motorcycle sitting in the shop? What good salvation that you don't use and enjoy? Amen. 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 Pass it out to somebody and say, pray for me. And then he'll come on and say, pray for me. All right, we'll trade prayers. Me and Jack Anderson about done a little dance down in Walmart. I can't do what Jack does, and I can't do his job. But when it falls my lot, bless God, I can pray with him. Amen. We can pray right there. We can pray right there. We can't jump in and do another man's job, but bless God, we can help him at it. We can help him at it. For that righteous man dwelleth among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Now you listen carefully to me. When I got saved, I was, I was laying brick full time. Every one of us drank. Every one of us cussed. Every one of us were adulterers. 
That was all that was on our mind. We were a filthy, a filthy conversation bunch. Amen. We lived wickedly. We saw wickedly. We worked together wickedly. Amen. And two drops of rain was all in a beer joint. We was all just alike. And God saved me that night at my house. And I thought, how am I going to tell this wicked bunch? Y'all know how we are. How are we going to tell this wicked bunch that God saved me out of? And I called them together. I said, before we put any mud on the boards, fellas, got to tell you something. Got saved last night. They laughed at me. Some of them ain't never got saved. Some of them got saved and dead already. But glory to God, I got to tell them. I got to tell them. And then I listened to that custom, and finally it got a little bit better. It got a little bit better, and some things begin to change finally. Some things will change if you'll stick with it. But if you ain't careful, it'll vex your soul. How many has ever had their soul vexed with a filthy conversation? How many has ever listened to a joke and wanted to laugh and jump right into that thing? Mm. So, I mean, and I've done it in my lifetime. Get talking about them old things that you used to enjoy, and I did. You get to enjoying them old things, and, you get, and if you ain't careful, get talking about them, and you'll get it all uh, woke up in your mind, amen, and, and first thing you know, you're vexed. The world ain't got nothing to offer you, honey. But trouble and sorrow, it'll vex your soul. It'll vex your soul. Let me give you another definition. It's to fret you. <laughs> you ever been fretted in church? You know what fret is, don't you? Does you young and fret you sometimes? There's one here last night. I don't know where it was and whose it was. Don't let me offend you. But it needed a uh, Kleenex stuck in its mouth. It got to out squalling the preacher. Hello? That'll offend you. Things will fret you. How about irritated? Have you ever been irritated? That'll vex your soul. How many has ever thought, and the devil said, the preacher's picking you out? He knows. He knows something on you. Somebody's told him. And you just get totally irritated. Poor preacher's so dumb, he don't know nothing about you. Just knows trying to preach the Word of God. Torment. Torment. Is, is, torment. Vexation is torment to your soul. How many in America is tormented over gas prices? Tormented over the way things is going? How many is totally tormented over who's in the White House and what way our presidential election went? We're just tormented by those things. I thought just up the road, seemingly we just can't get over. We just can't get over. Mm. We think more of politics than we do God. But yet we tell people we're saved. Hello? It's torment. Harass. Have you ever been harassed? Ever been laughed at? Mocked at? Mm. It's disturbing. It's totally disturbing. Vexation to your soul. Y'all may not agree with me on this, but let me just hit a lick or two on it. Over there in Genesis 19, and the two angels, the Bible said two angels, and Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. 
he wanted them to come in. He said, let me come in and cook for you. And the Bible said that the Sodomites, the men of the city, gathered all the way around. They compassed all the way around the house. He said, where was those two men? So these angels were visible. Amen. Lot saw them, and evidently they eat because they went into his house and eat. So they were visible. So how about it? You reckon we've entertained angels unaware? They are visible. Well, these men of Sodom saw them go in. They saw them come into the house. And they come and they said, we want to lie with this man. We want to be with these men. Let them out to us. And Lot wouldn't let them in. And they grabbed Lot and was going to take him. And the angels inside reached and grabbed Lot. How many times has the angel grabbed us and brought us back into the house? Maybe they were going to shut it down. Lot talked to him there and he said, and the Bible said, it said, that the angels asked him, said, if you got son-in-laws, sons or daughters, wife said, get them out of here. We need to get them out of this place. And I thought, Lot said, I've got two daughters. The Bible said they was married. I've got two daughters that's never been with men. Take this for what it's worth and make your own decision on it. But I wonder if these wasn't sodomites that these two daughters had married and they'd never been with a man. Read that scripture. It's in the 19th chapter. And I never find nowhere else in the Bible about his sons. Lot's sons. I don't even know that he had any. But the angel said, if you've got son-in-law, sons, daughters, wife, said, get them out of this place. Because you're holding us up. God has sent us. God has sent us to destroy this place. I'm going to wipe it out. The angels was telling him that. God has sent us. angels finally had to grab Lot and take him out of there. The Bible says in the New Testament, remember Lot's wife. Lot's wife come out, but I believe she loved the shopping. She loved the bright lights. I know they didn't have pizza, I understand that. But they had clothes of purple. They had fine linen. But there was something in Sodom and Gomorrah that caught his wife's eye. She couldn't stand the thoughts of leaving behind. You know why we're not saved today? You know why it took me so long to get saved? I had a blue ribbon in my mind. You know why Larry didn't get saved when he came to the altar? He had one beer. I believe it's what he told us. So what is it down in the old city of Sodom and Gomorrah that's holding us? What is it that we keep looking back? I can't tell you if Lot's wife's in heaven or hell. It don't say. But I can tell you this. She's a pillar of salt. The Bible said to this day, she's a pillar of salt. Because she looked back. I take you into the scripture. I've got it wrote down. I can find it. 
Bible said in Luke 17, maybe it's 9, I forgot. When a man put his hand to the plow and looked back, he ain't fit for the kingdom of heaven. The example is Lot's wife. And I don't understand, I don't understand all of the, the Old Testament. So much of it I don't understand. Thank God for grace in the New Testament. Thank God for Jesus. I don't understand Lot's daughters taking him and getting him drunk because the Bible said he's a righteous man. And they were seeing, wanting to preserve his seed. And one laid with his, her daddy, and then another in the next night, and it got him drunk, and he didn't even realize he'd done it, the Bible said. And he laid with her again. Can I tell you something? The conversation, he, he was spared. He got out of Sodom and Gomorrah. God got him out of there. Him and his two daughters. I don't understand how all the rest of this worked. But I do understand this one thing. That he was vexed with the filthy conversation. Let me go into Luke and read some of this. I need to read some of this. That's Luke 9, 62. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Go over to Luke 17. 17, that'd be about the 28th verse. It said, Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, and they builded. That's as it was in, in the days of of Lot. They did eat. They drank. You can't hardly go to a place anywhere on Sunday. And I, I eat out some on Sunday. Not always. I'd rather have cracker and peanut butter at the house. But I do go out sometimes. But it's hard to even find a place to sit down. And it's a miracle to find a waitress that loves you. I request my food to bring me love. It's hard to find that. Well, what are we doing? Just like it was in the days of Lot. Let me go to 27. They did eat, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. And then 28, likewise also... As it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even, even thus shall it be in the days when the Son of Man is revealed. Get that 30th verse. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man shall be revealed. When Jesus comes back, it's going to be destroyed with fire and brimstone. It's going, to be, it's going to be wiped out. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Now, the Bible said in 32, 17 and 32 of Luke, 
Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. I'd have to go hunt it up, and I ain't going to do it. But, I, but over there, and I believe it's the 18th or 19th chapter of Genesis. And the Bible said, and I see it exactly that way in the church today. When you try to talk to the lost, but he said that his lot went to his son-in-laws and told them, we got to get out of this place. Told them the angels were going to take them out and it's going to be destroyed with fire and brimstone. Y'all read it. I won't quote it exactly. But it said the son-in-laws mocked him. They acted just like his one that he was he was just mocking. They didn't believe he was going to be destroyed. They tell me, and it was somewhere along the Dead Sea, I don't know, and they don't know. But they tell me they can't find a trace of Sodom and Gomorrah. When God wipes it out, it's done. The son-in-laws that were standing back mocking when the Lord told them. I wonder, I wonder if it got so wicked. Do you reckon that, that Lot could even preach down there? Do you reckon Lot could even tell them about the Lord? Or do you reckon that he had lost his testimony? Do you reckon that the bright lights of the city and the good living had vexed his soul to a point? Listen to me. Honey, you can get trouble to a point you can't preach. I've been there. You can get to a point that there's no use to go on visitation. You can get to a point you're going on your own and the Spirit of God ain't with you. Can I tell you something? The Spirit of God won't dwell in an unclean temple. And when you are totally vexed, I believe Lot lost his works. I believe all Lot got out with was his soul. All the things that he had down in that great city, his house didn't go with him. His sons-in-laws didn't go with him. And seemingly the best I can read it, Lot didn't have a whole lot of peace after he got out. He was troubled. Has your soul been vexed lately? If anything can vex your soul, it's an unruly child. I'm going to say it to you one more time. You may not care, but I'm going to tell you one more time. If you want to quit vexing the old preacher, live right. Keep your little smartetic remarks to yourself. Be faithful to the house of God. Love your wife, your youngins, your children. Love your church. Let the love of God show in our hearts and our lives. I probably got more faults than y'all, but I got a calling on my life. And it vexes my soul. If God's will, if God has vexed my soul for many years, if it be God's will, y'all pray that he'll be in church in the altar Sunday, this coming Sunday. He's promised Mama, He's promised me that I'm different. I will be there. 
I've heard it before from others. He said, if I can just get to the altar at Mount Vernon, I believe things will be all right. Let's keep the altar open. Let's be an example. We'll see them saved nearly every week. Some of them come on and some of them never do. We see it in church. Some come on and some never do. But how about all these that have given their testimony the greatness of God and what God has delivered them out of and they're right back in the same junk. What kind of example is that? How big is our God today? I've tried to preach on vexing your soul. And I'm going to tell you the things of this world will vex your soul. You can get your mind on a vehicle. I've seen them vexed with bowling. But that was all on their minds. Fishing, hunting, anything you put before God. If you will, stand. God sent this message today. It's for us. It's for us.